Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Gosselin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Vacation's all we ever wanted, right, Ron? You got that right. Where are you? It sounds as if you've already started your vacation. Where are you? I'm at the the Travelers Golf Tournament down in Connecticut, watching George Spieth doing his thing, and uh, waiting to grab my clubs and go on vacation, too. Wow, Gooseman. Sounds like uh, Ron has a head start on us. Uh, Maybe he's at the first tee. I don't know. Uh, Maybe he's at the 19th hole. I'm not sure. Goose, where are you going on your vacation? (laughs) Well, I'm going to spend some time in Chicago. You know, summer is the time to go north, get out of that Texas heat. I love Texas, but not in July and August. You going to a Cubs game? Probably not. Ron, I said 17th <laughs> hole. Are you on the 17th hole? No, the 19th hole, I said. You're on the 19th hole? Exactly right. 19th hole, that's the, the best hole for me. It's wet there, <laughs> but we're happy about it. There you go. Well, I'm happy about being on vacation, too. I'm off to Maine and Canada. Maybe see a Sea Dogs game in Portland. Uh, maybe get over to Quebec. Love that uh, Quebec City. Maybe, Ron, get over to your place. Okay. Uh, Come on maybe down. Maybe Sea Dogs in Quebec. You'll be at another golf tournament. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gone, in case you haven't noticed. We are gone. We're on vacation. But our show and our guests, well, they're not. In fact, as we've done the past two years while we're away, we let our best of series play. And this time, it's quarterbacks running backs and wide receivers who are going to do the talking while we're away. And there are plenty of them. In fact, you're going to get eight of them each week. And, Ron, you got to trust us. They're good, right? They're good. They're noteworthy. And they're worth a second oh, listen, they're, right? Right. They're, they're all worth a second listen. And the, and the beauty of the second listen is, is you don't have to listen to us babbling in between. <laughs> so it's pretty good. You just get great uh, athletes telling stories. That's right. Hey, Ron, I'd watch that hook to the left. Watch that, would you please? Stay clear of the trees. Hey, in, in, in case you're interested, and I am certain you are, we get back. Uh, Goose, wh- when do we get back, Goose? First show of season four is Wednesday, July 26th, and we've got Falcons coach Dan Quinn, NFL oh. MVP Matt Ryan lined up to talk about any potential Super Bowl hangover by the Falcons. Well, July 26th, that's the week before the 2017 Hall of Fame induction. Hey, is that when we get Jerry and Jimmy on pay-per-view? Of course, Jerry Jones will be there. So will Kurt Warner, LT, Morton Anderson, Ken Easley, Terrell Davis, Jason Taylor. You know, we will be too. But that's that's and in us. the future. Right now, we're on vacation. Catch you down the road, guys. See ya. This is Greg Olson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant sandwich deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant sandwich. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah. So I got two croissant sandwich, and I get one of this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. (laughs) You guys. The croissant deal is two for $4. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for $4 only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. Our next guest is one of the premier names in football, and lucky me, I get him now all to myself while Rick and Ron have stepped away. He's also one of the top names of the 2018 Hall of Fame's class. I'm talking, of course, of former Baltimore Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis, who is a two-time Super Bowl champ, a Super Bowl MVP, 
a 13-time Pro Bowler, a 10-time All-Pro, two-time Defensive Player of the Year, and member of the 2000s All-Decade Team. Well, we're glad to have him with us. Ray Lewis, thanks for being here. Um, before we go anywhere, Ray, I, I want to ask you about something you got going, and that's a Pro Football Legends cruise you're putting together, I think for next March, which sails on the Royal Caribbean's uh, Jewel of the Seas. I know you have Hall of Famers involved, like Warren Moon, Chris Dolman, Tim Brown, but how about telling us a little bit about what that's all about and, and who exactly is involved? It's really about life, and, and that's what I mean when I say about cross-marking this thing, Clark. It can really be so creative because, you know, I've reached out to so many different businesses. I'm, I'm definitely going to reach out to Fortune 500, you know, uh, 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 businesses and things like that because I want to meet with, I want to have these type of people on the boat as well. So now you have an opportunity to talk business for a day or two, you know, cut a deal of somebody that, that you didn't know in your town. Fans, fans are cool. Don't get me wrong. Fans are great. But even business people who's doing a lot of prosperous things, they're fans as well. So I just think it's one of the greatest things, you know, that we have put together one of the concepts came um, when you thought about Hawaii, right? You mentioned 13 times Pro Bowl. But one of the things that I appreciated the most about the Pro Bowl is what happened when all of the guys got together. When, when there was no more competition. There was no more fighting each other. It was just, okay, let's go to the bar. Let's grab a Mai Tai and let's just laugh and let's talk about what's funny to us. And I think this cruise has that ability to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, I think you're onto something because, you know, uh, rock and rollers typically have been doing this for years and they make a lot of money off of it. But also, it's a lucrative business because fans want mm-hmm. to interact with them as people. And this is a chance for people to meet um, not just football players, but great football players. And I think it's uh, I think it's March 19th to the 26th, but you're right. You go through some pretty exotic ports, but you get a chance to sit down with, I guess, just, you know, with regular people, and, and they get a chance to talk to you and sort of pick your brain as to what you liked and what you didn't like about the business and just to interact with you. Yeah, and then, and then you, so, so you know what, there's some, another thing that's, like, really creative, right? So there would be days, you know, to where you would have your autograph sessions, mm-hmm. right? There would be days that you would have your picture sessions. There would be days that we would have panel discussions, right? you know? So, so, so we're all up there, right? So you have all of these legends on one panel, and, you, you know, in, in different days, you have this, these guys and those guys. That's the yeah. beauty of the, the, the essence of what I think can be so beautiful, Clark. And, and really, like, like see, I, I think I, I signed a, a kind of a long, extensive deal with, you know, the, the cruise line and so Royal Caribbean. So that's why my excitement is to give players that outlet, is to give fans that outlet that is bigger than the game when you find out really who we are. Well, I, I mentioned the Hall of Famers being involved. And speaking of Hall of Famers, Ray, we've been talking about the class of 2018 here, and it's loaded. I mean, there's you, Brian Urlacher, Ronnie Barber, Steve Hutchinson, and Matt Burke, just to name a few. How would you like to start a football team with that talent? <laughs> that's, the one thing, that's the one thing I always say, that the Olympics should have found a way to create that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my question, Ray, would be, who do I start at middle linebacker, you or Erlacher? Oh, wow. That's a question. What's the but, answer? Um, uh, <laughs> that answer for me as well as for him, I think, will be as easy as for him. I mean, if, if, you, if you don't start me, we got a problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you know, speaking of problems, I wanted to ask you this. The Ravens-Steelers rivalry. Is there anything better, not just in football, in sports? No, no. You, you, I don't. You look. We saw Lakers. We saw Celtics. We saw 
we, we used to call San Fran, we used to call Dallas. There's mm-hmm. nothing more physical and, and pissed off just to be pissed off because they're on your schedule. <laughs> yeah. Well, Heinz Ward said there's a hatred. And he goes, we hated them. I, I suspect you probably hated them back probably yeah, twice it, it as was, much, it was, right? It was, really, it, was really the ultimate, it was really the ultimate love-hate relationship, right? You respected them, but you hated them because they're going to mm-hmm. give you, oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, we was, we was looking to, yeah, we was looking to do damage, both sides. You retired after the 2012 season. And yeah. since then, it seems as if the NFL is legislating defense out of the game. Do you like the direction it's going? I mean, would you like to be a young Ray Lewis breaking into the league now? Because it seems to me some of what you and your teammates were doing, they're not going to allow it anymore. No, I wouldn't want to be. I, I don't know if I can play in today's time. I mean, I, you know, Clark, man, you know, you, you ask yourself, I ask myself this question all the time, right? And You know, people are like, why you don't watch football, you know, no more and, and not passionate about it? I say, you know, I will never stop being passionate about it. But it's, it's a bad when they're treating the product the way that they're treating us. Like, you can't treat players like that. You can, you know, and, and morally, if you want to sit at the top of that food chain and tell mm-hmm. us to play football the way that you're trying to really monitor this game, you know, yeah. you got people 6'5", 6'2", 6'3", 6'7". And so now, you, and now you're asking everybody to have the same target zone. Like, we created a word in sports called targeting. All right? Mm-hmm. That's if you want to do archery. That's if you want to go through some mess up where you call oh, that freaking mess, right? You don't bring that mess in freaking in a live game where there are moving pieces and everything is always going to be. One of the biggest things that, that I think has bothered me the most, you look at the college, the, the collegiate game, Clark, and I want you to understand this. You know how hard it is for these kids to even get on the football field, to start, to go through 80, 90-plus guys. And now they've created a rule that's trickling now. From the NFL, they've created a rule where they can kick a kid out of the game from a judgmental eye of a ref because he says he was targeting his head. Really? Right. right. Really? I watched this kid from, from Ohio State get kicked out last year, defensive end from Ohio State, and I watched this baby cry his tear. He couldn't cry no more. Well, they've, they've got a rule now in the NFL, Ray. You get kicked out with two unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. You know, you can you can try to sooner or later. You're you, you you're only going to be able to hurt the players enough. Mm-hmm. Sooner or later, it's going it's going to backfire because you can't keep doing these guys like this and doing families like this and and affecting people's livelihoods and kids and you you're affecting. You know, I think sports don't realize when you start to do things like that, you start to affect generations of people taking care of their families. You're taking money away from these people from you telling us you created a game that's supposed to be played this way. Don't change the game in the middle of... Now, if you want to make the game better, make it better. But yeah. don't change the game because of lawsuits and all these other things. Like, it's, just a, it's, a really, it's a really... It's a bad thing, and, I, and I, it's terrible to watch sports now because I, I'm so tired of referees freaking throwing flags. On, oh, I agree with you. Not, I, I, yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. And, and we've got about a minute left, but I, I agree with you 100%. But okay. you know, Ray, they're, they're trying to make the game safer, and that's what, they, that's what they're saying. That's why they're taking a lot of that uh, contact out of the game. But to me, they've compromised, as you mentioned, with all the stoppages. There's so many stoppages, and I was surprised to hear what you said earlier. You don't watch football? You don't watch football? Oh, you can't. When you sit there and you watch the perfect hit, you watch the perfect hit, and then you watch the referee throw a flag, 
and then you watch them replay it three or four, five, six times, and you see he never touched his head. You can't yeah. watch the game. I'm too passionate for that, Clark. My, <laughs> my, my heart, man, I love sports. I love it. But you can't take that part away from me. Don't take the natural part of competition away from pure competitors. You can't do that. You just can't do that. And so that's my that's why it's hard for me to watch sports right now. On this really sports, I, I try to watch now. I watch my son, right? My son's at Utah State right now. He's starting as a mm-hmm. freshman, right? Charles right. Lewis. He's, he's starting this Thursday night. Yo, against Weber State. I'm going to cheer my butt off. <laughs> and, 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 and we and we made that decision. Funny enough, we made that decision because he was playing corner. Right? He was playing corner his whole high school career. Clark and I ended up telling him, I'm like, son, listen, the game is going a different way. Right. Defenders won't be able to defend by the time you get into the league. Yeah, so no, that's you're right. Play the game, play the game on the wide receiver side. So it favors you. I wouldn't even <laughs> tell nobody to come out and play defense no more. <laughs> well, it's 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 hard for you to watch football. You know what's even harder for me to say goodbye to you, Ray. But we got to run here, so I'm going to sign off. And listen, best of luck with your Legends cruise. It sounds like a great idea. And yeah. thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Clark. Thank you again, man. That was former Baltimore Ravens linebacker Ray Lewis. Up next, why Max Speedy should be in the Hall of Fame. Never heard of him? Shame on you. You will. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. This is Tony Dungy, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark on the Talk of Fame Network. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant, and I get one of this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. The Talk of Fame Network sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com and you'll score a winner there. Probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. Our next guest, Wilbur Marshall, played on one of the greatest defenses in NFL history. And he played, as a matter of fact, with that man who just did the intro, that'd be Mike Singletary. But he also played on some pretty good defenses afterwards. He played weak side linebacker with the 85 Bears, of course, and that team led the NFL in defense and won the only Super Bowl in franchise history. But he also played strong side linebacker on the 1991 Washington Redskins team. It finished in the top three in defense and won Lombardi Trophy. And Wilbur Marshall later played on top 10 defenses with Arizona and the New York Jets. And I think you get the idea. Wherever Wilbur Marshall went, great defense seemed to follow. So question, why isn't he on the Hall of Fame list of candidates for the class of 2017? It's a good question. We don't know, but we'd like to hear what he has to say about it. And we will now. Wilbur Marshall, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Hey, Wilbur, we asked Lomas Brown on the show last week which defense was better, the 2000 Ravens or 2002 Buccaneers. He said quite emphatically, the 85 Bears. That was your first season as a starter on a unit that sacked 62 quarterbacks and forced 54 turnovers, allowing the fewest yards and points in the NFL. What made that defense special? Uh, They were all hungry. You know, we played really tough ball because, you know, we had Walter on the other side, so you had a very limited amount of time to make some plays because they kept the ball. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, I was uh, around the 
Patriots team that year in 85, Wibble, when you just dismantled them it was in the Super Bowl. I mean, it was painful to watch, to, watch, to tell you the truth. Uh, and, of course, you finished first in the NFL in defense in three of your four seasons there. Then you played in nine top ten defenses in your 12-year career. You made plays all over the field, 46 sacks, 24 interceptions, 24 forced fumbles in your career. Where did you develop that sort of completeness in your game? Did that go all the way back to high school? Uh, did it start in college at Florida, or, or did it happen when you got to the Bears? It happened when I got to the Bears. You know, they needed that one person that can basically play over the tight end and play man coverage. So if you see, if you ever watch anyone watch the game, I was playing over the tight end one-on-one. See, that opened up things for us to double to the two outside guys. And with an eight-man front, they didn't have enough people to cover. So I had to go down there and practice with the defensive backs on covering so I think that's where it started. Well, Wilbur, speaking to those Bears, and we are speaking with former linebacker Wilbur Marshall on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at Talk of Fame Net. But, Wilbur, speaking of those Bears, only three members from that great 85 Bears defense are in the Hall of Fame. You know him, Richard Dent, Dan Hampton, and Mike Singletary, as I mentioned earlier. Simple question. Do you belong in Canton with them? Well, I hate to say it, but I do, I do believe that I should be there. I mean, I'm basically probably the only linebacker probably in the history that I know of that play outside and inside linebacker. They had, had Mike sitting on the sideline when I'm playing middle linebacker on third down. So I uh, wasn't just a rush guy like, you know, the guys on the end that you see them go 90% of the time they may drop, you know, 10% of the time. So I had a lot to learn. Yeah, it's, there's a lot to be said about a three-down linebacker. Uh, Warby, you went to the Pro Bowl and made first-team All-Pro as both a weak side backer with the Bears and a strong side backer with the Redskins. How different are those two positions, and how difficult was the challenge to change sides? Uh, it was, I mean, it wasn't tough for me. I mean, you put the tight end over you, and they'll move it. They'll they'll shift them. But we had a younger kid, uh, Collins, that they wanted to try to groom at that time, and they, you know, they just asked me. But I, you know, you got to be a team player, and you want to win. You do what it takes to win. Now, of course, you're best known as your association with the 85 Bears, but in, in 1991 with the Redskins, maybe that was your best all-around year. You made 135 tackles, which makes my shoulders hurt thinking about it. You broke up seven passes. You sacked six quarterbacks. You intercepted five passes. Uh, you forced four fumbles, uh, and you won another Super Bowl ring. What made that season so special uh, for you? For me, getting getting the groove of understanding the defense and what they wanted us to do, you know, and playing in a 4-3, and that's the difference. The other guys playing a 3-4 coming off the corner. So when you're playing off the ball to make those those plays, I tell you, it's, it's the toughest thing to do. And uh, for me, I, I, I do cherish, you know, those years. 90 and 91 year was really good. We made it, and uh, actually we got <laughs> we got bumped by Detroit Lions. It was an 8-8 eight eight team when we were 10-6. <laughs> that wasn't fun. <laughs> well, well, we're talking about things that are difficult to swallow that aren't fun. I want to go back to what you said earlier about that, that you think you belong in the Hall of Fame, and certainly when you look at your resume, uh, you, you qualify for the conversation. How difficult is it for you to swallow that y- y- you know you're, you haven't been a finalist or semifinalist, and you're not on the preliminary list? <laughs> oh, I mean, how is how is difficult is that to swallow? It, it's really hard when you see some of the guys that are on there. I mean, you know, like like Carl Banks. You know, uh, we came out the same time. I see Teddy Bruce. You know, those guys made even linebacker of the week, a linebacker of the month, let alone defensive. You know, linebacker of the year. 
or, you know, defensive player of the year. And it's like, why? You just kind of like, well, what did I do? Right. You know, you just, I, I just don't know. Don't get it. Do you think you're overshadowed by the others? I'm talking about Dent, you know, Singletary, uh, Hampton. Do you think those guys, they overshadowed you because of that? And people go, we've got enough in there at this point? I don't know if it's that. I think that with the, the way the system is set up, look at the uh, Pro Bowl, you know, selection. It's got to be a 3-4. So if you're going to pick somebody in a 4-3 where, you know, a guy off the ball, everybody looking for that pass rusher. Or they're looking for that middle linebacker. You don't see a lot of people, in the, even in the 4-3, I think Mike Singletary, probably the only one. The rest of them play in 3-4. Right. So yeah, if, if you got all the coaches voting back then, it's not like what's happening now. You got the you get you know fan participation, and back then we didn't get all that. There are only 13 outside backers in the Hall of Fame, and of late the selection committee's been taking the 100 sack guys: Kevin Green, Derek Thomas, Ricky Jackson, Andre Tippett. The, the committee seems to be obsessed with with player stats. Do you think that the the, the strong side backer, the coverage backer? is the most underappreciated player on defense? Oh, definitely. You know, they want you to come off the corner. And then, um, like I said, I had sacrificed to play middle linebacker, too, not just playing outside. I, I'd never walk off that field, play both ways. You know, those guys get rest, and, and a lot of those guys play defensive end, and they change to outside linebacker. So when you get their stats, there's two different stats there, if you look at it. What so was Green it like? was a defensive end, so, you know, and then you move him to a 3-4 in the linebacker. Well, that's a big difference. You're rushing 90% of the time. What was it like for you with the Bears, and you had Buddy Ryan there, you know, in that 46 defense, which was an unusual kind of defensive set and certainly unusual approach in those days, mm -hmm. and you almost had two head coaches. You had him and you had Ditka on the other side. What was that oh, like for you? Had <laughs> <laughs> you definitely have to that? You'd be in the locker room to see that 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 fight, you know. <laughs> what was that like for you? Lot, that's another that's another book right there. <laughs> As a young player, though, what was that like for you? Was it confusing at all? Was it kind of like what is going on here, or was it just sort of I'm just going to play the, all the positions they tell me to play and, and do my job? That's what you try to just fit in because at that time I just wanted to break that lineup. They had a lot of first rounders on that team, and I said, like, "Oh my God, I got to get in here, get my chance, and just you know, don't let anybody take your place." But uh, the way Buddy had it set up was his boys on that side, and he's going to take care of them, and and Dicker wasn't going to mess with them. So, <laughs> and that that gave us opportunity, especially me, because I had to know both inside linebacker and outside linebacker on the structure of that defense. I was the person that had to make all the adjustments and and on the move. So he, he really grilled me that first year. That's why I didn't even get in the game the first year. And, you know, he, you know, I had to know it before I can walk on that field. You know, of course, Buddy Ryan passed away last summer, um, and he was one of the NFL's great defensive minds. You played for him both in Chicago and Arizona. Yeah. Do you have a favorite story from your time with Buddy? Do you have a favorite Buddy story? Yeah, I was in Houston too. So, oh, Houston. Okay. You know, I just—he's the player's coach. You know, give us the opportunity to play the game. Like I said, we have to be like coaches on the field. We always call it an automatic front. So every formation they have a defense, and I think that's what made that team really good is because everybody had to know it, even the defensive linemen. So we can have games. He let us have our own games. As long as we know where we're supposed to be. Well, like Richard Dent. 
usually I'm supposed to be on the line. I'll back off the line because so, he's a pass rusher. And he so give him a better start. So we can switch places. And as long as I let him know that you got outside, I'll play that tray inside, he allowed us to do that. You know, and I think I think he let us uh, run that team. And that's that was the biggest uh, thing about that 46 defense, and we had fun. Well, I asked you if you think you belong in the Hall of Fame. Do you think Buddy Ryan belongs in the Hall of Fame? Oh, definitely a mastermind. But, you know, just how people are, what, what do you say if you can't? It's kind of like you don't want to sit there and beg about it. You know, you, you say you're hoping that someone to look at it and say, man, that person played this position. You know, you make it 100 tackles, but if you go back and you look at all those defenses, um, guys that make the, uh, you know, those, those uh, sacks, are, they ended up with only 40 to 50 tackles in a year. So they don't care about the run. I played with a guy named Dexter Manley. Did not care. I just need, <laughs> I need to get my I get my one thing. This is how this is this is philosophy of him. If I get one sack a game, that's sixteen. I'm in the Pro Bowl. <laughs> He's probably right. Shut it, and he shut it down. Doing you know, and he always pulling the muscle like I got my sack. You see him oh, game change. Hey, Wilbur. Thanks so much for the time. I know we don't agree on much here at the Talk of Fame Network, but I know one thing we do agree on, that your career needs to be discussed for the Hall of Fame. So thanks for stopping by, and good luck with that Hall of Fame candidacy. I appreciate you guys bringing it up. Yeah. You know, we're I gonna, like to talk about it with anyone else. We're going to make sure your name is at least on the list there next year, and we'll see where we go from there. It's unbelievable when you yeah. think about it. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Wilbur. That was former linebacker Wilbur Marshall. Up next, Rick takes a look at one Hall of Famer's record that may be under fire. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing your computer down. Talk of Fame Network is also brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico.com. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant sandwich deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant sandwich. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant sandwich, and I get one of this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant sandwich deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwich sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. Maybe it would just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom 
Marathon, fueling the American spirit. A good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where my pillow comes in. And now, for a limited time, just go to mypillow.com, click the radio listener special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's mypillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1 800 635 1825. 1 800 635 1825. Ready to take on that summer project? Ask Sherwin-Williams and save 40% on paints and stains during the four-day super sale, July 14th through the 17th. With 40% off our exceptional paints and stains, you can give your whole home a color makeover. Your neighborhood Sherwin-Williams paint store is right around the corner. Find it at sherwinwilliams.com save. Retail sales only. Some exclusions apply. See store for details. This is the Talk of Fame Network. What the hell are we waiting on? Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Do you want it or not? Rick Gosselin. Do you understand there's a price to pay? And Clark Judge. Can we have fun? You're damn right. I demand that we have fun. Well, welcome back to the second hour of the Talk of Fame Network, which is sponsored, as always, by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com, and you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. For the moment, however, we're not going there. We're going to one of Ron's favorite players, and that's former linebacker Phil Villapiano, who not only was part of the greatest Oakland Raiders teams ever, but was involved in one of the most unforgettable games ever. There we <laughs> one go. of the most unforgettable themes ever. Those are the uh, great Raiders of the 1972 Immaculate Reception Playoff in Pittsburgh. Now, Phil's gone on to accomplish much more in life as Vice President of Sales for Odyssey Logistics and Technology and as a pro bowler in charitable work, raising over $16 million to into finding a cure for muscular dystrophy as well as establishing a fund to help victims of Hurricane Sandy. Phil, love that theme song. Always a pleasure to have what Ron calls a real Raider on the show. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And I really like I'm sitting here listening to your, your pregame at the Hall of Fame. This is probably the closest I'm going to get to the Hall of Fame. So I'll get to <laughs> two Hall of Fame voters. But anyway, I like it. And... Uh, you know, uh, played a lot of a lot of years with the Raiders, had a lot of fun, and uh, he, he started talking about the Miracle with Jefferson right off the bat. We met, God, we had so many crazy games, and it, it just it, it usually worked out in our favor, except for that of reception. But anyway, <laughs> nice to be nice to be on the show with you guys. Well, Phil, I know every December twenty third, you get an old friend calls you up. Uh, you receive a call from Franco Harris, and I was wondering if you could tell our listeners uh, how that call uh, how that call goes. Oh, it it, it always goes. It comes like four oh seven, four oh eight in the afternoon. The game ran a little bit over because it was a crazy game, snowing, icy, and uh, it, it ran just a little over. So I always keep this call. My phone rings, and it, and, and 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 it goes, "Hey, Phil, this is Franco." What are you doing? <laughs> and then and then he would say, what were you doing 30 years ago? 25 years ago. I mean, he's been doing it forever. This guy will be dreaming. He's relentless with this phone call. But I, but I love it. And then we, then we get, then we get going. And 
that usually that one little that one little thing takes about an hour for me to tell them how many things, how many rules, how many yellow flags should have been thrown on that play on the Steelers, and we got screwed. So <laughs> I, have to explain, I have to explain this to him every year. He, he just doesn't get it. But the latest one, I don't know if you guys know this, we did a little NFL film thing not long ago where they have another camera showing Franco trapping the ball. So it was an illegal catch. So besides that, you know, full bar, besides all the holding on the line of scrimmage, besides me getting clipped, it was an illegal catch that hit, hit the ground. So anyway, I... I brought this up to Franco last year. He's got a real problem with this, but I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Phil, you always always used to insist that you thought he did catch the ball, but there were 15 other infractions that should have made the play no good. Now now he didn't even catch it? I I used to think that, but now I've changed my mind. (laughs) 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 In my older age, I had the right to change my mind. I now tell him he trapped the ball, which... Probably he didn't, but I don't care. He's dropped the ball. And and, uh, and it, the whole thing is so illegal. It was crazy. But we've had more fun over the years. It, it's been nuts. How many crazy things him and I have done together, explaining that play to everybody. And, uh, and we just did it not long ago. We went out to this little restaurant in uh, Pittsburgh, a nice Italian restaurant, you know, Frank will be half Italian. Me being the Italian, <laughs> my mother was English. But anyway, um, we we went to a restaurant. We had a bunch of people with us, and we explained it in detail. And uh, he thinks, you know, I'm, I think I'm getting to him. No, I think he's starting to believe me. <laughs> we won the game. <laughs> hey, so so you were covering Franco on that play. Can you recall the play for us? How did it break down? Well, it was it was it was. It was everything an Oakland Raider would would say and do before the play. And then once the play started, the Raiders really never did anything we said we were going to do. <laughs> but we put, we put in a nice little coverage, and we thought we were pretty cool with this, where the two inside linebackers, which is me and a guy, Gerald Irons, we would lock up on the, um, the two running backs, and then we would have a deep zone behind us. So it would be impossible to penetrate us. But on that day, <laughs> I, Franco was my guy. So, you know, um, Brad Chotop, back Franco was blocking. I ran in and I grabbed him. You know, and what you do in the NFL, you know, to eliminate to eliminate uh, a guy, just grab him. You know, especially if he's pretending he's blocking you, you just grab him and then you kind of shake each other. And it's over. Except I was kind of worried because you know how we said no penalties, and I could just see some stupid ref throwing a flag because I'm holding Franco in the backfield, which could have been, you know, he was like a non-factor. So bottom line, uh, I I grab him, I'm holding him. That took a few seconds, and then Bradshaw runs out, and I'm running right next to him, or we go stride to stride down the field. And as soon as I saw Bradshaw throw, I took off. And I went across the field to help with the tackle. Well, you, and we all saw this on film a million times. Jack Tatum comes up, nails Fuqua right in the back. Fuqua's shoulder hits the ball, it bounces straight over my head. 
and who's there right behind me is I call him Mr. Loafer Fraggle because he was just dog. He was not running fast at the time. He was dogging that stuff. Probably trying to make the coaches give him a good grade on that play or something. I don't know. But anyway, and then I turn. Here's Franco. I'm going to make the play. And this guy, McMahon, is a tight end. Guys in the back of my legs. Makes me stumble. So Franco gets off to a good start. And say la vie. So uh, I get clipped. He grabs the ball, which which we now we know he trapped. And then he, and then he runs like 60, 70 yards for a touchdown. And uh, the Raiders lose. And it's, you know, so I keep telling him, Franco, the only reason I left you is because you were jogging out of speed. You were loafing. And he <laughs> says, well, if I'm loafing, why did they get the ball before you did? Phil, you say you say now we know he trapped the ball. You got video proof. Does that mean they're going to have to change that statue in the Pittsburgh airport so they have the ball touching the ground? Well, I think we should change that statue immediately. Because <laughs> I told Franco that's the last tackle I ever make in my life is I'm going to come off the airplane with about 12 Heinekens at me, and I'm ramming that statue, and I'm going to drive it over the top, and we're going to both go down onto that dinosaur that's down below, and I'm going to go go right through my body, and his body, too. And he says, so, so, you're losing it. He keeps telling me I'm losing it. No, I want to, that's my joke. I want to touch my last tackle of my life. Is in the airport. <laughs> Why no, in that game? There's not, guys. This is true. <laughs> I'm doing it, and I'm going to take him over the top. You see the dinosaur down below, haven't you? We'll yeah, right sure. Down on the yeah. All of a sudden, Pittsburgh's claiming like that dinosaurs and stuff out there. So they got George Washington, Franco, Harrison dinosaurs. What does town think they are? You know, I got a little problem with the town of Pittsburgh, also. <laughs> it, I, what, 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 in your opinion, Phil, would have happened had they put Stabler in the game sooner than they did, which was baffling that they didn't? Well, you know, it, it, Kenny was right on the verge, and it was starting to happen. Darrell, for some reason, it just lost his touch. And, uh, and well, first of all, I think the Miami Dolphins discovered a deep zone that killed Darrell because he loved to be the mad bomber. But anyway, it don't matter. So if Kenny got in there earlier, I mean, he's, in those days, he was probably more apt to make a play, more apt to make a play with his feet or with his arm or with his brain. He just was that type of guy. It was, mm-hmm. you know, he would always come up with something. For Darrell, you know, he throws three plays and then defense is back on the field. It, it was, it wasn't, it was getting, it was, it wasn't good. It wasn't good. So, a good question. I, I don't know if they would have put Kenny in there. Well, we didn't need for him to go in any earlier. He got in. He got his seven points. The game was over. Twenty-two seconds with like eighty yards to go. Snowing out. The game was over. You know, Tom Flores, as you know, has two Super Bowl rings. Never really has gotten anywhere near the uh, the Hall of Fame, even though he was you know the first Hispanic starting quarterback, first Hispanic uh, to to be the head coach. In addition to his successes, do you think he's a Hall of Fame worthy coach? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that that's another one that amazes me. And you guys vote for the Hall of Fame. I just I get amazed at some of these people that make it. And you know, I get it. I get it. You can't have too many people from the New York Giants in there or the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Oakland Raiders. I get it. That's totally wrong because that's not what the Hall of Fame should be all about. 
But I think Tom is totally getting screwed. I mean, two Super Bowl rings in, what do you have, six, seven years as head coach in Oakland? And then yeah. in Seattle and more success. I mean, he didn't coach for a bunch of years. But when you got two Super Bowl rings, plus you were a quarterback in the NFL, put it all together, that man was fantastic and, and the nicest person in the world. And, you know, I just had a phone call yesterday from somebody who's trying to get Andy Russell in, in the Hall of Fame. And, I, and I, I totally agree. If Jack Camp and Lambert are in, Andy Russell should, should be in. He's got the stats. He's got everything, but he's not in. Okay. Meanwhile, this guy's talking to me, and I'm thinking, Chris Brandt, Les Hayes, Tom Flores. You know, we got a million guys at the Raiders, and, and the guy wants me to join his team. I said, man, I can't join your team. I'm, I'm for the, I want the Raiders to get in. You know, even though I love Andy Russell, and I think right. they got enough good guys helping him. But this is crazy. I, I don't I, I don't understand all the things. I don't understand how Kenny Stadler could have done what he did and not get in until he's dead. I mean, it, this right. is crazy stuff, you know? So, yeah. anyway, you guys figure it out. Not me. I don't have the time. It's too difficult, and I think it's, uh, it's very, you know, like when I was in high school, I was the most popular uh, kid. But guess what? There were 20 other guys out there that we had more girlfriends than me. I, I don't know how I got out with popular, but they were most popular. They had all the girls. The guys that could dance could. I couldn't. I football player. That's why. I mean, so, you know, I mean, also, I don't want to limit it to that because the guys that do get in, I mean, I totally get it. You know, all the great things they did. and But, you know, it's got to become more fair. And I, and I also think maybe. They want to keep it down to you know, only a few people every year. I, I don't know. I don't know. It just amazes me. Sometimes the people that get in, I don't even, I don't even know who they are. Phil, I'll, I'll tell you what else isn't good. I'm, we're out of time, unfortunately, but <laughs> thanks so much for reliving those memories. With those were great. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, Phil. Right, boys. Thank you. That was former Raiders Phil. linebacker Phil Villapiano. Up next, we're going to talk safeties in general and Kenny Easley in particular. This is the Talk of Fame Network. This is Drew Pearson, the original 88 with the Dallas Cowboys, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Ron Nix, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. You are so lucky. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper and get a local or toll-free number or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to grasshopper.com. This is Kenny Easley, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant, and I gave one to this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Goslin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. 
some 40 million Americans wake up to a Gillette shave, and Gillette is working to bring you America's number one shave at lower prices. So go to GilletteOnDemand.com and get your first and fourth orders free. The clock is ticking on our first hour, so time is of the essence. With Clark Awol, we've asked fellow Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman, who covers the Buccaneers for JoeBucksFan.com, to join us for the two-minute drill, which is brought to you by the Burger King Breakfast. Welcome aboard, Ira. Now let's get started. Derek, the whistle, please. The NFL Network has released the annual list of top 100 players. Who'd be your number one? Uh, it's got to be. It's got to be absolutely Brady. There's no question about it. He's got the rings, Goose. He's got the pedigree. He's still going in his 40s. Uh, this was the biggest no-brainer of, of that whole uh, affair, Brady. That's why we have you here, Ira. No-brainer. Look, he was number two last year in the thing. He led the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Uh, so I, I got to go with Tom Terrific, and I just hope somewhere Clark Judge is happy. The Mets have promoted Tim Tebow in Class A. How soon before we see him at City Field in Flushing Meadows? What a Bush League move, Goose. Moving him up from Columbia. Well, you know, if he hit 240, he'd probably be at City Field already. Uh, <laughs> this is absurd. It shows you that uh, the only reason we're talking about the Mets is because of Tim Tebow. I think he's on the fast track, and I don't think it's surprising if he's at City Field by September, gentlemen. The only way I see him at City Field uh, is if the Jets bring him back to tank another game and Giant Stadium loses all electrical power. <laughs> <laughs> Warren Sapp, Warren Moon, or Warren Beatty? Warren Beatty, gentlemen, you're so vain. Warren Beatty, is there is there a lady? Uh, you know, is there a singer or a movie star in the '60s, '70s, '80s, and '90s that he didn't bed down? Borges, I think he's got you beat. Dude, only by a little bit. But I'm going with Shirley MacLaine. Unlike this list, Warren Beatty's sister is the one who's no joke. Martellus Bennett says Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback he's ever played with. Does that knock him off Tom Brady's Christmas card list? Uh, you know what? It, it's not outrageous. Uh, now, now, if he said that about Josh McCown, we got a problem, gentlemen. Uh, but Rodgers is, you know, he's number six on the list. Uh, Brady's number one because he's got the rings. I don't have a problem with it. Brady does. Giselle does. I don't. Let me tell you, if he was playing for Chicago, he'd be saying Mike Glennon. Politics equals pass reception. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the end of our, that's the end of our first hour, but stay where you are coming up. You're going to hear from former uh, Lions coach Jim Caldwell and also take a tour of the NFC North. This is a Talk of Him Network. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to align my chakras around this hot yoga thing. Yep, they finally found a way to make working out even more uncomfortable. Well, at least with Motel 6, you've got one less thing to sweat. They've got clean, comfortable, and now completely updated rooms at a great low price. So the only thing you're stretching is your dollar. Sounds like my kind of place to namaste. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light and the A.C. on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Introducing the new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. It's a mix of hand-spun vanilla-flavored soft serve, tasty bits of Lucky Charm cereal, and memories of watching Saturday morning cartoons in your PJs. The new Lucky Charm Shake at Burger King. Relive your childhood in a cup. Maybe it's the magical marshmallow pieces flying up your straw. Maybe it's the magically delicious taste. Whatever the reason, it's a good reason to head over to a Burger King restaurant and try one now. Only at Burger King. Also, try the Fruit Loop Shake now at Burger King. Shakes available for a limited time only. Participation varies. Progressive presents Mind Flowness with Flow. Your mind is a blank slate as you enter total relaxation. Safe driver, paperless, multi-car. They are wrapping their savings around you. 
like the tinfoil that wraps around your hot dog at a ball game, which for some reason costs $12.50. Switch to Progressive and surround yourself with savings. Visit Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Discounts not available in most states or situations. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Think you can't manage the down payment it takes to purchase a new home? Think again. You could move into a $150,000 home with as little as $1,500 down with our 1% down payment option. The rate today on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.875%, APR 4.12%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Welcome to the Talk of Fame Network. I got a good deal on those boys. The scout said they showed a lot of promise. With your Hall of Fame voters. Don't act like you're not impressed. Ron Borges. You want to punch me right now, but you won't. Rick Oslin. I don't know what we're yelling about! And Clark Judge. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Vacation's all we ever wanted, right, Ron? You got that right. Where are you? It sounds as if you've already started your vacation. Where are you? I'm at the the Travelers Golf Tournament down in Connecticut, watching George Spieth doing his thing, and uh, waiting to grab my clubs and go on vacation, too. Wow, Gooseman. Sounds like uh, Ron has a head start on us. Uh, Maybe he's at the first tee, I don't know. Uh, Maybe he's at the 19th hole, I'm not sure. Goose, where are you going on your vacation? (laughs) Well, I'm going to spend some time in Chicago. You know, summer is the time to go north, get out of that Texas heat. I love Texas, but not in July and August. You going to a Cubs game? Probably not. Ron, I said 17th <laughs> hole. Are you on the 17th hole? No, the 19th hole, I said. You're on the 19th hole? Exactly right. 19th hole, that's the, the best hole for me. It's wet there, <laughs> but we're happy about it. There you go. Well, I'm happy about being on vacation, too. I'm off to Maine and Canada. Maybe see a Sea Dogs game in Portland. Uh, maybe get over to Quebec. Love that uh, Quebec City. Maybe, Ron, get over to your place. Okay. Uh, Come on maybe down. Maybe Sea Dogs in Quebec. You'll be at another golf tournament. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're gone, in case you haven't noticed. We are gone. We're on vacation. But our show and our guests, well, they're not. In fact, as we've done the past two years while we're away, we let our best of series play. And this time, it's quarterbacks running backs and wide receivers who are going to do the talking while we're away. And there are plenty of them. In fact, you're going to get eight of them each week. And, Ron, you got to trust us. They're good, right? They're good. They're noteworthy. And they're worth a second oh, listen, right? Right. They're, they're all worth a second listen. And the, and the beauty of the second listen is, is you don't have to listen to us babbling in between. <laughs> so it's pretty good. You just get great uh, athletes telling stories. That's right. Hey, Ron, I'd watch that hook to the left. Watch that, would you please? Stay clear of the trees. Hey, in, in, in case you're interested, and I am certain you are, we get back. Uh, Goose, what, when do we get back, Goose? The first show of season four is Wednesday, July 26th, and we've got Falcons coach Dan Quinn, NFL Ooh. MVP Matt Ryan lined up to talk about any potential Super Bowl hangover by the Falcons. Well, July 26th, that's the week before the 2017 Hall of Fame induction. Hey, is that when we get Jerry and Jimmy on pay-per-view? Of course, Jerry Jones will be there. So will Kurt Warner, LT, Morton Anderson, Ken Easley, Terrell Davis, Jason Taylor. You know, we will be too. But that's that's and in us. the future. Right First, now, we're on vacation. Catch you down the road, guys. See ya. This is Greg Olson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. 
Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant and I gave one to this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. Hey, Ron Borges. Yes, sir. You know what it means when Geico says just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance? means you should have called 15 minutes ago. You need the cash. You should have. Listen to Ron Borges. Go to geico.com, and you should have gone 15 minutes ago. So go. Our next guest anchored two generations of New England Patriots Super Bowl defenses. It's Willie McGinnis. He was a defensive end on the Bill Parcells-led defense that faced the Packers in Super Bowl 31, and later was a hybrid outside linebacker slash defensive end on Bill Belichick's first three Super Bowl champions. Willie not only was a two-time Pro Bowl choice, but he set the postseason record for both career sacks and the single-game high of four and a half. And when he retired after 15 seasons... His 86 career sacks ranked 44th all-time and are more than Hall of Famers Junior Seau and Howie Long, among others. Will is one of the 94 players on the Hall of Fame's preliminary ballot, and you can catch him as an analyst and commentator on the NFL Network, or you can catch him here right now. Willie McGinnis, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. As you know, Willie, better than most, the nature of the Patriots' dynasty was to downplay uh, individual accomplishments. Really to the point where it's Belichick and Tom Brady are the guys that they talk about as Hall of Famers and not so much about the rest of you players. I'm wondering if you think that that philosophy maybe is hurting your road to the Hall of Fame and and guys like Ty Law and and Richard Seymour, but you in particular. Do you think the voters understand that you're not going to have the numbers that uh, some other guys would have because of the system? I think that's a great point, Ron. I think that um, when you talk about the Patriots, we created something – and started something that wasn't really popular, you know, when we start winning games and championships. It wasn't popular to be a ball team. It was more popular to be individuals, and the individual individual aspect to it, it was ingrained in our mind, and and we bought into the team, team first. And through team success, you could always have individual success. And... I think that's what made our team a family and made us so special. Um, I think when you listen to Brady talk, you listen to Belichick talk today and now, regardless if somebody's trying to focus the attention on one guy, it always seems to spread to the team. Even when you listen to Gronk and some of these other superstars that are playing, they try to push off the individual accolades and accomplishments and, and talk more about the team. And I don't mind that. I think that's special. I think, that's what made our team and what makes the Patriots now. And there's some other teams like that. I look at Seattle. They're like that. Uh, I look at Minnesota right now, what they're doing, missing a lot of their superstar players. And they, and, and Mike Zimmer's talking the same way. And the players are rallying around whoever's in there, and, and they're talking the same way. So, yeah, I think it, it, it hinders when you talk about individual accolades. That when you talk about team success and winning championships and Super Bowls, I think that's the that's the recipe you need to have. Well, in the modern era, over 50% of the Hall of Famers came from the offensive side of the ball. Only 34% from the 
from the defensive side. What are the voters missing? Well, I mean, I think they're starting to see it now with, with, with the guy like Bob Miller being the, the, the Super Bowl MVP or the difference not having a Josh Norman on your defense or, you know, J.J. Watt being a three-time MVP, the impact he has when he's not on the field versus when he's on the football field. You know, for us, we don't catch the touchdowns and do a lot of things. Not all the time. It happens sometimes. But it's not the glorified position. And it's okay that as you watch football now, more than ever, you know, a couple of years ago, everybody thought it shifted to you could just score, outscore everybody. And whoever has the most prolific offense and the more weapons then can score the most points are going to win football games. But we saw that in um, a few years ago when, a perfect example, Denver pretty much broke every offensive record that year, was averaging almost 40 points a game. And they played against the Seattle Seahawks team in the Super Bowl who had a great defense who wasn't averaging that many points and only probably threw the ball 25 times a game, dominated from start to finish that entire game. And it kind of brought people back to saying that, hey, if you got a great defense, if you got a run game, and you can take care of the ball on offense, their chances of winning Super Bowls are very, very high. Versus having a great offense and scoring a lot of points and not being strong in all the other areas. So as a defensive player, I understand the league. I understand how it shifts and changes. But at the end of the day, when you break things down, if you don't win the line of scrimmage, if you can't run the football, and if you can't turn the ball over and play great defense, you don't have a shot in hell to win a Super Bowl. To get back to you for a minute, Willie, in, in Super Bowl 36, you spent a lot of time keying on Marshall Falk. Uh, then Super Bowl 39, Belichick put you at defensive end and told you to make sure Donovan McNabb never got outside you. Do you think at all that you, that versatility, when it comes to getting into the Hall of Fame, maybe worked against you a little bit because people say, well, was he a linebacker, was he a defensive end? Do you ever think that maybe if he just played one position all those years, you'd have been better off when it comes to the Hall? I mean, absolutely. And I, and I think the voters should take that kind of into consideration. And let's just be clear. I played the game to win Super Bowls. I didn't play the game to go to Pro Bowls. I didn't play the game to go to the Hall of Fame. That was never on my mind while I was playing. I wanted to win Super Bowls. Any, any, anybody playing in the NFL, in my opinion, that's the number one goal. Everything else, all the other accolades that come, I think is icing on the cake. Now, you said something earlier about the different positions or my role changing. In our system in New England, your role changes every single week. If I was strictly a pass rusher, I'd probably have over 125, whatever it is, 100-plus sacks. Because if you just pass rush, like a lot of the pass rushers, that's in the Hall of Fame, that's all you do, then you have more opportunities to get sacks. Well, in our system, I would say maybe 25 to 30%, maybe even more of the time, the game plan dictated whether I rushed or whether I was in coverage. And if we play teams that threw the ball, or presented certain problems, guess what? My rush opportunities were going to be limited. And I was fine with that because my mindset was I was going to do whatever was best for the team. Mike Vrabel was the same way. Teddy Bruschi was the same way. Roman Pfeiffer, Ted Johnson, everybody was on the same page when it came to that. And I didn't get an opportunity to rush a lot. That's fine with me because my job was to do what the coach asked me to do for that particular week. And it changed every single week. And I wouldn't trade that in. I wouldn't trade my assignment. I wouldn't trade my loyalty to my teammates. I wouldn't trade 
me not having over 100 sacks versus the sacks and numbers I have now for any for, for nothing because all I did was give me opportunities to win Super Bowls. And I think the voters and I think people should take those things under consideration too of how versatile, how versatile you was and where you put in position or where you doing multiple things. There are a lot of linebackers now that don't put their hand in the dirt or their down, that they come off the field on goal line situations. They can't drop in the coverage. If you look at guys like Clowney now, uh, who they tried to convert into an outside linebacker and put him in coverage, it didn't work. If you look at Mario Williams, a guy who they tried to stand up and put in the coverage, it doesn't work. So you got to bring in these hybrid guys now to come in on nickel in different situations to cover. Well, guess what? I never came off the field. The only time I came off the field was to get a, a drink of water or to catch my breath. I played in the passing downs. I played in the rundowns. I played in goal line. I played in special situations. I never came off the field. So when you vote for a player and how special he was to his team and the impact he had, when a guy comes on and off the field, all I see can game plan behind that. So now I know what this guy can do and what this guy can't do. Mike Bramble, myself, and Roosevelt, and a lot of other guys, we never came off the field. We just changed positions and changed roles. So I think that needs to be taken into consideration as well. Hey, Willie, we've got to run, but uh, thanks for the time, and best of luck for your Hall of Fame candidacy. Thanks again. Thanks, Willie. Thank you guys, man. Appreciate it, man. That was former linebacker and now NFL analyst Willie McGinnison. And, guys, uh, I want to ask, he makes a pretty convincing case. Goose, you know when he says he never came off the field? How do you get that across to Hall of Fame voters, and would that make a difference in terms of him getting in as, a, let's say, a semifinalist? Yeah, I think he's saying, judge me on my play as a football player, not on my stats. Yeah, and that's going to be a problem, frankly, for uh, a number of the Patriot defensive players because that's how the whole thing was set up, just as he said, and it was game-specific and all of that. So you didn't, you know, you, you lost a lot of numbers that other guys would get, and that's going to be tough for them. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. This is Dan Fouts, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant, and I gave one to this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where just 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com. And you probably should have gone... 15 minutes ago. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper. As an entrepreneur, you're always on the go. So turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Get a local, a toll-free number, or bring your own. See how it works? Go to grasshopper.com. And speaking of winners, we've got one right here, Zach Orr. Zach Orr was the NFL's ninth leading tackler last season for the Baltimore Ravens and a second-team All-Pro. But at 24, he's been forced to retire because of a congenital neck defect at the top of his spine. And to risk playing football was to risk his life. 
Zach enjoyed a short but storybook NFL career. He was a three-year starter at North Texas, but he wasn't invited to the NFL Combine, and then he went undrafted. No problem. Signed with the Baltimore Ravens as a free agent, spent his first two seasons covering kicks on special teams before becoming a starter in 2016. And you know what happened then? He made 132 tackles for a top 10 defense. And now, well, now he leaves the game and is here to talk to us about his career. Zach Orr, thanks for joining us. Uh, no problem. Thanks for having me. Hey, Zach, you suffered a neck injury in the 15th game against Pittsburgh, and during a precautionary CAT scan, your, your neck defect was discovered. How does a young player with such a promising future react when he's told by his doctor that he can never play football again? Man, it was just a big shock to me. I, I went in shock, and I was I was real quiet, and you know I had a lot of emotions, you know, running through my mind, running through my body, and you know I, I, I thank God that my my father and my my agent were there with me to receive the news, and uh, so they were kind of there to help me kind of gather my thoughts and everything. But it's definitely shocking, and um, you had emotions of being sad, mad, upset. But, um, you know, one good thing I had good family and friends to put things in perspective. And once I was able to realize what, what was going on, uh, it pretty much was no decision to be made. And you've been playing football, obviously, since you were nine, I guess. You were, you were kind of a tackling machine at every level you played, high school, college, and the NFL. So, and you got to live your dream, uh, even though briefly. So I'm just wondering, at this point, do you feel unlucky that your football career has to end or lucky that that neck defect was discovered before something terrible happened to you? Oh, man, I, I feel lucky that, that the, the neck condition was, was finally discovered because, like, like you said, I've been playing football since I was nine years old, and that, that's for 15 years, and I've delivered a lot of big hits, and I've been hit uh, a lot of times. And for me to be able to walk away from the game in good health, knowing the ramifications that I had due to my – uh, you know, spine condition. I'm I'm just blessed. And any at any point in my career, something bad could have happened. And God allowed me to play not only high school ball but college ball, and then made it to the the highest of levels, the National Football League. And I got a chance to not only play for three years, but start my start for a year and play in about 50 games and start in 15 of them. And I mean, I lived a dream that a lot of people you know, wish they could live. And I was able to do that even though it was cut short and I didn't want it to end that, the way it did. When I look back and reflect on it, I mean, I can't complain at all. I Man, I got a chance to, to live and nobody to be able to – I got a chance to live my dream, one of my dreams out. That's something nobody can take away from me, me, you know, playing the National Football League. We're speaking with former Ravens linebacker Zach Orr on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us on the web at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at talkoffamenet. And, Zach – I want to take you back in time a little bit to when you were a senior at DeSoto High School in Dallas. I was told you saw a teammate who was carted off the practice field with a spinal cord injury, and, and that injury left him paralyzed. Just wondering, what impact did that have on you? Oh, man, it, it had a big impact, not just only on me, but the whole community, the whole school. And just to see, you know, our brother that we was going out playing the game of football each and every day, and it just looked like a routine hit that you see every day on the on the football field and to see him not get up and have to get carted and carted away and then to see how it changed not only you know our lives and, and the football life but more importantly him and his, his family lives um it really put things in perspective and you know me looking back on that now is you know i'm very fortunate that that's that's not me right now 
and even though uh, Corey is a guy that happened to, he has a great attitude about everything, and you, you can't find a better person to go through that situation. But it is definitely something that you know has major effects on on the family and and those around you. Zach, the NFL Combine is coming up. The top 334 draft eligible players have been invited to Indianapolis for job interviews. You were not one of those 334 when you were senior, but then neither was Julian Edelman, Tom Brady's go-to guy, or OCU Minori, a Pro Bowl pass rush with the Giants, or Latavius Murray, who became a thousand-yard rusher with the Raiders. What advice would you give NFL hopefuls who did not get invited to the Combine? And I'll tell them just to, to block the noise out and use it as motivation. I know for myself is when I went invited to the combine, I, I watched the combine every single day, and I did feel like I should have been out there, but I used it as motivation to go even that much harder in my workout, that much harder in my harder in my dieting, just my my preparation of you know hopefully getting that shot, you know, because even though you didn't get invited to the combine, it's a chance for you to to showcase what you can do, whether that's your pro day. And then if you're fortunate enough, if you go undrafted like I did and get signed, get opportunity to come in and get signed by a team, you have to make sure that you're prepared. So you can't be in a funk and mull over not getting invited to the combine let that affect your preparation because you have to be ready whenever that moment presents itself because you might only get one chance to show your, showcase yourself you know, to, to the National Football League. And you have to make sure you're ready and put on a good show. So. Don't get down. It's, it's plenty of people that didn't get invited to the combine that made names for themselves in the, in the NFL. And, you know, of course, everybody wants to be invited to it because you, you grow up watching it and everything. But it's not the end of the world. And you'll hopefully you'll be blessed with the opportunity to showcase yourself and just make sure that you're ready for the opportunity. I want to ask you one last question about the Steelers. Are you going to miss those games with the Steelers, especially those games in Pittsburgh? Oh, that, I'm going to miss those games the most, man. I mean, like... There's no rivalry in the NFL that's better than Ravens and Steelers. And then going up there to Pittsburgh, walking into that stadium, that, that short bus ride from the hotel to the stadium, walking into Heinz Field, I mean, the, the atmosphere is just electric. There's no, there's, no, there's no better feeling than winning in Pittsburgh, just to look on, on the fans' faces. and uh, I'll never forget that. One of, my, one of my favorite moments, actually, was my rookie year. We actually got the first win in, in Pittsburgh in the playoffs in, in Ravens history. And, that's a moment I'll never forget. But I definitely miss those games against the Steelers, especially up in Pittsburgh. There's nothing like beating the Steelers in their house. How about the bus ride? How about the bus ride of the stadium? Uh, the, the bus ride is, is great, man. I mean, right there on the water, riding on that bridge, and you just see the, the stadium. It's, it's all lit up yellow and everything, and the fans are, you know, saying some crazy things, holding up some crazy signs, and it's you, against, you just get that feeling of you against the world. And, and when you go in there and get that win – it's like you, you, you accomplish something big, and, you know, we can't stand them. We respect them, but we can't stand them, and I, I, I can't stand Steelers. So. <laughs> you know, we, we, had, yeah. we, had Hines, we had Heinz Ward on the show, and he said, I'd use the word hate. The two teams hate each other. He goes, I don't like using that word, but they yeah, hate each yeah, other. Is he yeah, accurate? We, that's, that's definitely accurate. We definitely hate each other. And the crazy thing about it is Heinz Ward's name still comes up. Like, pretty much every time we play the Steelers, you know, his name still comes up, even though I never got a chance to play against him. And he's been out of the game for, for a while now, but we hate him. We respect him, but we, we, we hate him. And, you know, I remember my second year, we went 5-11, and 11, but we beat the Steelers twice. And, you know, we were disappointed with that with the season. But everybody, we all talked about, well, hey, at least we didn't lose to the Steelers. We got almost half our wins against them. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. 
that's that's just how it goes up there, and they they feel the same way about us. So that's what makes Metro great, and that's what I'm definitely gonna miss the most about it because I definitely had plans along with with my teammates that we were gonna take over and kind of put it try to put it into the Steelers. As an undrafted college free agent, Zach, you you could have shopped yourself to the best team you wanted, the highest bidder, or or go anywhere you wanted. Baltimore already had a first round draft pick and C.J. Mosley on the depth chart at inside linebacker. Uh, so I'm just kind of wondering why did you choose them? Because a lot of guys would have probably looked at that situation and said, well, I don't need to go there. I'll go someplace where it looks like yeah, well, the, opening. Yeah, the, the crazy thing is I, I, I didn't hear from the Ravens pretty much at all through the whole little pre-draft process. And during the beginning of the seventh round, scout named Lonnie Young called me from the Baltimore Ravens, and he pretty much described me – to myself to a T. He described me perfectly as a as a as a young man and as a football player. And he told me, he was like, if you come in here and be Zach Orr, you're gonna make this football team. And for some reason I just felt that confidence, that belief in him and something just felt right. Just felt that connection by talking on the phone with him for only it was only on the phone for two minutes. And I got on the phone with my agent and said, Hey, Baltimore called me and I wanna go there and I didn't I didn't care about the other bidders, the other teams and there was a lot of teams that contacted me after that as well, but I was just sold on Baltimore because it was just uh, something that told me in my gut feeling that this was a place for me to be in. I could tell that this, uh, Mr. Lonnie did his, his homework, and it just made me comfortable. And it, Some told me this is where you're supposed to be at. You're supposed to be a Baltimore Raven. And everything worked out for the better. Hey Zach, what are you going to miss most about being away from the NFL, about not playing the NFL? Oh, man, just the the game day. No, nothing. I don't think anything is going to be able to replace walking out walking out of the tunnel or, you know, walking out of the locker room with the teammates in front of thousands of fans and just that feeling, that, that shot of adrenaline that you get going out there knowing that all the work you put in throughout the week with your teammates, that you're going to go to battle against another team to see who's better on that day. And, I mean, that's just the ultimate level of competition, just the competitiveness of the National Football League. I don't think anything in life can replace that competitiveness, but – uh, that's what I'm going to miss the most, just that and then just the friendships and the camaraderie that you build, man. It's, it's so many. It's, it's actually a, a fraternity, the National Football League is, and you get to meet so many guys and from different backgrounds and different stories, and it's just it's just real neat and unique. So that, that's definitely what I'll, I'll definitely miss the most is the competitiveness, the camaraderie of the National Football League, and and just going out to battle with my teammates each and every Sunday. Hey Zach, we're out of time, but thanks so much for joining us. Uh, it's a great story you've got, and, and, and best of luck going forward. Oh, no problem. Thank you all for having me. Thank you. That was former Baltimore Ravens linebacker Zach Orr. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two-for-four-dollar croissantwich deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissantwich. You know they're just two-for-four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissantwich, and I gave one to this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissantwich deal is two-for-four-dollar. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissantwich sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. Welcome to Geico's Motorcycle Neanderings. Oh, man, this is great. I sure saved a lot of money by switching to Geico. I scored some big savings, and now I can use their mobile app 24-7 for all sorts of stuff. Life just makes sense now. You know what doesn't make sense? If a car is called a horseless carriage, why isn't a motorcycle called a horseless horse? Hmm. 
Maybe we'd just be adding insult to injury for the out-of-work horses. Geico Motorcycle. Savings that make sense. Hi, Tom Bodette. Apparently, the hip thing for businesses to do these days is target millennials. So it may sound sus coming from this baby boomer, but Motel 6 is a V-great place for your squad to stay woke or asleep. The updated rooms are hashtag blessed with contemporary floors, bedding, and flat-screen TVs that are totally on fleek. Plus, their prices are always low AF. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll keep it lit for you. Book online at motel6.com. There's people who care where I'm going And good friends who welcome me home So get a full tank of freedom Drive the American road And with a full tank of freedom Find your own highway We'll take you wherever you go Marathon, fueling the American spirit a good night's sleep starts with the right pillow. That's where my pillow comes in, and now for a limited time, just go to mypillow.com, click the radio listener special tab, and use promo code SKY to get two premium king or queen pillows and two additional go anywhere travel pillows, all for 50% off and free shipping. That's mypillow.com, promo code SKY, or call 1 800 635 1825. 1 800 635 1825. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Every day people ask me, can I still take advantage of today's low rates? Is it still a good time to refinance? The answer is yes. Now's a great time to call Quicken Loans at 800-QUICKEN. The rate today on a 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.875%, APR 4.12%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. That's 800-QUICKEN. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. That's another reminder. The Talk of Fame Network is sponsored by GEICO, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to GEICO.com, and you probably should have gone 15 minutes ago. We're talking about winners. We've got one right here, Leroy Jordan. He was one of the great players in the history of both the Alabama Crimson Tide and the Dallas Cowboys. He was an All-American linebacker, sixth overall pick of the 63 NFL Draft, and the second all-time leading tackler of the Dallas Cowboys. He won a national championship at Alabama and a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. He was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 1983. And he's been a finalist once for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And now, well, now he's with us today to talk about his college and pro careers. Leroy Jordan, thanks for joining us. Glad to be here, guys. Good to talk to you all. Leroy, you played for two Hall of Fame coaches, Bear Bryant at Alabama and Tom Landry with the Cowboys. So let's start with the Bear. In your three years at Alabama, the Crimson Tide lost only two games. What made Bear Bryant special as a coach, and how did he bring out the best in Leroy Jordan? Well, he, he was such a uh, motivational coach, and uh, he was uh, knew he treated his uh, people so uh, respectful and uh, and loving. He cared about his people and uh, the players and the coaches, and and that was not only when you played for him, but. Uh, years and years and years after, he was always still calling to check on you, see how you were doing. Okay, you also spent uh, 14 seasons with Tom Landry as a middle linebacker, the doomsday defense. 
Cowboys won 66% of the games during your career, went to the playoffs 10 times, reached the NFC title game seven times, played in three Super Bowls, winning in 72. What made Tom Landry special as head coach, and how did he bring out the best in Leroy Jordan? Well, uh, Coach Landry was uh, was probably the smartest and most brilliant coach I've ever met. Uh, uh, he uh, Sometimes it was uh, got in his way a little bit because he'd, he'd still be changing plays and uh, uh, what game plan we were going to have on Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, and after you'd worked <laughs> on them all week. And, but he'd uh, go back and look at film and find out that he might have something that'd work a little better. And But he was such a brilliant coach on the offensive side and uh, the defensive side of the football. He uh, knew every thing that every person uh, needed to do on offense and defense. We're speaking with former linebacker Leroy Jordan on the Talk of Fame Network, and you can find us at talkoffamenetwork.com or on Twitter at, at talkoffamenet. And Leroy, you also played with uh, two Hall of Fame quarterbacks, of course, Joe Namath at Alabama and Roger Staubach with the Cowboys. Uh, as I remember, Joe, when I was a young man, uh, sort of America's playboy, and Roger, whose autograph I got as a kid, he was Captain America. Can you compare or contrast their leadership styles? Yes, I can. Uh... Uh, both of them were extremely competitive and very talented. Uh, you know, they they were great uh, teammates and leaders of the of the team. And uh, Joe was probably the best uh, passing quarterback I'd ever seen in college or pros. And uh, so uh, he was just uh, an outstanding. He had a little different personality than Roger. <laughs> Roger was more. Uh, <laughs> A straight era kind of guy, but uh, Joe, uh, Broadway Joe, as he became known, uh, was a hell of an entertainer for a lot of people, and he had a lot of good times uh, outside of football. <laughs> well, were you part of those good times? Yeah, right. Well, I, well, I, you know, he'd uh, he'd tell me what to do every once in a while, <laughs> but uh, but I didn't hang out with him. I had a different schedule than he did. <laughs> did, uh, did, did did you play with them, or did they play with you? Well, I, I kind of like to tell them that uh, they were on my team. You know, I was the older person in the group uh, when Joe got there. He was a sophomore my senior year and uh, came on and was our starting quarterback. And we uh, almost had back-to-back uh, championships there. We lost one game by one point uh, my senior year. We had back-to-back championships, and so... That was pretty interesting and came here with Roger and, you know, everybody told me, oh, you played on Roger's team? I said, no, Roger played on my team. I was here before he was. So <laughs> I, I get to dig him a little bit like that, you know. Now, you played my all-time favorite preseason game, the college all-star game in 63 when you beat the Packers. It's the last time the oh. Collegians beat the defending NFL champs. That team was loaded. Hall of Famers John Mackey, Bucks Buchanan, Dave Robinson, among others. What do you recall about that game, and do you recall how upset Lombardi was with that loss? Yeah, it, it was an unbelievable game. We we are we are just a great uh, group of players on that team. Uh, you know, like you say, a bunch of them Hall of Famers already, and in uh, all pros, and many of them went on to play pro ball. And so it was just. And Leroy Caffey was another linebacker in our group uh, from Texas A&M, and we had a fun time with him because he went on to play with <laughs> Coach Lamarty in uh, Green Bay up there, and I think uh, uh, he uh, uh, 
Brandon raved about uh, how mad he was about losing to the college all-stars for for several years there. And it, it wasn't long after that uh, they uh, kind of canceled that uh, college all-star game in, uh, against the pros. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, uh, Leroy, I want to ask you a question, and we're speaking with Leroy Jordan on the Talk of Him Network. Uh, you, uh, something you said earlier about Joe Namath, as we all know, he had a, what you might call, flamboyant personality. How yes. did that jibe with Coach Bryant? I mean, was that tough for him to deal with? Because he's got a very successful quarterback yet who's quite a flamboyant person off the field. Well, uh, I think it it was, uh, but Coach Bryant handled it, and uh, he disciplined Joe one time, and uh, kicked him off the team uh, for missing curfew or missing a meeting or, you know, one of those things. And uh, he didn't get to play in the bowl game. But uh, uh, I think Joe uh, realizes and, uh, and credits Coach Bryant's uh, discipline for making him the person he is today mm-hmm. and being such a, a successful person uh on the field and off the field and uh, all through his life. And uh, he's just doing great living down in Florida now and just uh, uh, just just doing terrific. I saw him a few weeks ago, and it's just uh, great to see how he's doing. Yeah, we, we've had him on the show, and he speaks very fondly of Coach Bryant. I, I want to mention something else. When, when I talked to, uh, at the, the beginning introducing you, I said you were enshrined in the College Football Hall of Fame in 83, which you were. Uh, but you're, of course, still waiting on that call from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You said recently on the Talk of Fame Network, or at least on the website, that you can relate more to the college game than you can the pro game. Why is that? Well, I think it uh, seems like the, the pros don't have much respect for the opposing players and teams and, and so forth. They, you know, they, they are in fights all the time and heated discussions and everything and so they don't have much respect for the opposing players or people and uh that that just kind of disillusions me a little bit with the pro game and uh i think the college game is still out there a spirited uh, game but has shows a uh, respect for the opposing p team and their uh, fans and players and coaches and everything so it's just a little I feel like it's just a little like of respect for the for the game that the, the the pros are showing it these days. Larry, you had an incredible amount of takeaways at the middle linebacker position, 50 of them, in fact, 32 interceptions, 18 fumble recoveries. The only middle linebacker with more in NFL history is Ray Lewis with 51. How did you manage to come up with the football so often? Well, I think it was. Uh, you know, my knowledge of the offense and uh, and my uh, discipline about uh, being around the football and my uh, effort. I gave a hundred percent effort on every play, and that uh, that was my teachings uh, coming from Coach Bryant back in, early in college. And uh, you know, whether it was practice or game day, I was I went full speed every play, and uh, didn't matter. Uh, whether it was the opposing team or my own teammates, uh, I was uh, I was there, and you know I got in position to make some interceptions and uh, and certainly uh, be there if a fumble was uh, uh, happened that I was had a chance to recover it, and I, I think that's uh, the real hustle and intensity part of my game was. Uh, you know, being near the ball and uh, having an opportunity to make some plays. And I think my my uh, tackles and 
turnovers and interceptions and fumble recoveries and everything is kind of matches up with anybody's. Do you ever think, uh, Leroy, about the Hall of Fame? Uh, does obviously it's been a long time, and and now you're in the senior pool, which is about as deep as the ocean. But do you ever think about it at all? Say, geez, you know, I did a lot of things that maybe they'll remember. Well, uh, you know, I, I think it's always been a, a, a slap to the Cowboys. Uh, you know, we we kind of had a been in a, a East Coast West Coast press people and everything and uh, didn't like us because we were an upcoming team and beat up on their teams quite a bit uh, back in the sixties and seventies and eighties and. You know, I, we got uh, Chuck Halley and Drew Pearson and Cornell Green. It was not in the, uh, you know, uh, not in the Hall of Fame. And gosh, dog, if anybody should be in there, uh, Chuck Halley and Drew Pearson and Cornell should be. So, I, you know, I, I, I would love to be there because it uh, give me some recognition with the guys that I played against and played with and everything. And uh, But, uh, you know, when it comes down to it, uh, I'm in the ring of honor of the Dallas Cowboys, and that's a big, big deal for me. Hey, Leroy, who's the toughest guy you ever had to tackle? Well, uh, the toughest one was uh, Jim Brown. He was the hardest one to tackle. Uh, but Larry Zonka, the big uh, Miami fullback, was a 250-pounder back in the days when we were all 200. 15 to 20 pound linebackers and boy that was a load to carry when playing against those guys yeah. <laughs> Leroy you, you played in two NFL title games against Green Bay in the 60s sent the Packers to the first two Super Bowls you lost both games in closing seconds the first in Dallas when Meredith threw an interception at the Packer goal line and the second in Green Bay on Bart Starr's quarterback sneak Dave Robinson was on our show recently and said that had the Packers lost those two games it would be the Lombardi or this would be the Landry Trophy not the Lombardi Trophy. Do you believe the better team won those two games? Well, I, I don't think uh, the better team won both of them. Uh, you know, uh, we were a very young team uh, the first year we played here in Dallas. And uh, in uh, the second year, the conditions up there was a frozen field and 17 below zero weather. And uh, uh, we didn't get to show the, the best part of our offense, which was – uh, Don Meredith and Bob Hayes and our passing game, so it sure handicapped us a lot more than it did the, the running football team that Green Bay had. And uh, I just feel like that we were a better team uh, in, in the Ice Bowl, and we, you know, it just made one or two plays and not guys slip down trying to make tackles and stuff on that icy field and so forth that it would have been a totally different ball game. So, Hey, Leroy, thanks so much for the time. We've got to run, but uh, not only thanks for the time, thanks for the memories. All right, guys, uh, appreciate it so much, and uh, appreciate talking to you all. Thanks, Leroy. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Hi, this is Morton Anderson, and you're listening to Rick, Ron, and Clark, uh, the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes, you can download software that can clean up what may be slowing your computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. Hi, this is Greg Olson, and you're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is also brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico.com. This is um, obviously Mike Curtis, but um, the, um, the talk of the... Fame uh, net is um, 
some people who are thorough in their questions. They don't ask clown clown questions. So they actually have some they actually have something to say as opposed to and I'm not trying to be nice, it's just the way it is. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant, and I get one of this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. This is the Talk of Fame Network on SB Nation Radio. Here are your Hall of Fame voters, Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and Clark Judge. What does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you should probably have gone to Geico 15 minutes ago. So go now. Okay, we welcome back Tampa Bay's Hall of Fame voter Ira Kaufman for the close of the show, the final two-minute drill of our third season, which is brought to you by the Burger King Breakfast. You're on the clock, Ira. Let's see you weave some of the magic that Jameis Winston weaves in the final two minutes of game. 22 of the 32 NFL teams will conduct training camp at their home practice facilities. Has campus life, small beds, and team bonding become a lost NFL art? I'll give you a personal story. Uh, Bucks went to training camp in Orlando in 2002, ended up hoisting a Vince Lombardi trophy. They left Orlando, went back to one buck place in 09, haven't smelled the playoffs since. I rest my case, gentlemen. <laughs> Gooseman, as you know, nothing better than summer nights at the El Rancho Tropicana or on the Wisconsin Cheese Camp Tour. <laughs> Derek Carr says he'd give the ball to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line. What does he know that the Seahawks don't? Well, he's a little smarter than Pete Carroll at this point. That's why Derek Carr is going to be the man. And I say that in uh, in a city where uh, Jameis Winston is uh, flourishing. But uh, Derek Carr is going to be uh, the best quarterback in this league in about four years. And that's one of the reasons why. He knows what to do with the football. That's right. What he knows how to do is get out of the way and win the game. Who gets more touches this season in the New Orleans offense, Mark Ingram or Adrian Peterson? You know, Mark Ingram's a little bit better player than I thought he was. But you know what? He played pretty darn well last year. I think Peterson uh, is going to be a spot player. He won't like it, but I think that's uh, that's the role Peterson's going to play this year. I think Peterson gets more touches because if not, he'll take the switch to Sean Payton. <laughs> Speaking of New Orleans, pass rusher Cam Jordan says the Saints are Super Bowl ready. Which NFC team do you believe is Super Bowl ready? Not the Saints, Goose. Not the Saints. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with the Packers. And, you know, look, guys, they walloped the Giants last year. They beat Dallas and Dallas, uh, you know, and a fantastic finish. Uh, and then got, a, you know, wiped out by the Falcons. Uh, Green Bay, uh, you know, if they shore up that pass defense, I, I think the Packers will be in Minneapolis. I think there's a lot of teams in the NFC that are ready to go to the Super Bowl and get beat by the Patriots. <laughs> Gentlemen, we'd like to thank Aaron Rodgers, Joe Schmidt, Jim Caldwell, John Mullen, and, and Ira Kaufman for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening. If you'd like to hear this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, or beam us up on iTunes on your podcast app. Otherwise, look for us on this station and at this time next week. Thanks for stopping by. Hi, Tom Bodette. According to the dad bod craze, the lumpy, less-than-chiseled look is now totally in. 
So you could say I'm in the best shape of my life, and so is Motel 6. They've updated their properties nationwide with contemporary everything, still for the same low price you've come to expect. So your wallet can feel a little pleasantly plump, too. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Hi, I'm Jay Farner, CEO of Quicken Loans. Think you can't manage the down payment it takes to purchase a new home? Think again. You could move into a $150,000 home with as little as $1,500 down with our 1% down payment option. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 3.875%, APR 4.12%. Call us today at 800-QUICKEN or go to quickenloans.com. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. Burger King presents Breakfast Stories. Here's Pete, Tony, and the two for four dollar croissant sandwich deal. The other day, Pete and I go to Burger King for my croissant sandwich. You know, they're just two for four bucks. Oh, it's my favorite. I'm like, what? Yeah, so I got two croissant sandwich, and I gave one to this guy. I'm like, who are you? I'm the guy that just paid for your breakfast. That's my favorite guy. <laughs> you guys. The croissant sandwich deal is two for four dollars. Now made with 100% butter for a soft and flaky croissant. Get two croissant sandwich sandwiches now for four dollars only at Burger King. Price and participation vary. <gasps> My goodness, I am tired of being known only as the guy who turns into a werewolf at the full moon. There's more to me than that. Just like Geico. Sure, they could save you money, but Geico also has a 97% customer satisfaction rating. So you know people love them. And yeah, I become a man-beast once a month, but I become the world's greatest crepe chef every single Saturday morning. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more.